The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. and personal with some of your favorite female porn stars on In Bed with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, In Bed showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular female performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to In Bed with Poppy Chulo. Today is Wednesday, August 5th. 2015. Listeners, please welcome our special guest, certified sexpert, fetish model, internet radio host, adult entertainer, and entrepreneur, Jet Setting Jasmine. Welcome to the show, Jet Setting Jasmine. Thank you. Good evening. Thanks for having me on tonight. Good evening. I'm so excited to have you on. You're certainly doing so many phenomenal and fascinating things. So I'm really excited to uh, chat with you about all these different uh, avenues that you're taking in the realm of erotica, sex, and uh, adult entertainment. Yes. Yes. It's my pleasure to be able to share with you and your listeners all that's going on in this fantasy world of mine. Fantastic. Taking fantasy to reality here on Poppy Chulo Radio. (laughs) Sounds good. So let's dive into the interview and uh, let's start at the very beginning. Where are you originally from, Jet Setting Jasmine? I am originally from Queens, New York. Far Rockaway, Queens to be exact. And um, from there I moved to Miami, Florida. So I have the best of the North and the best of the South. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. So share with the listeners what life was like for you growing up. What was Jet Setting Jasmine like as a kid, as a teen? Oh, wow. This is this is so great to be able to talk about that. Usually people just want to know who I'm sleeping with and what position. So this is fun. Um, growing up, wow. So in, for those who don't know, Far Rockaway, New York, is um, it is beachfront projects so i am from the projects of 40 40th beach channel drive so you have to say that because you know in in the projects you cling on to anything that you have and so it was our street our building the color of our building the floor that we lived on um so i am the youngest daughter of of four my mother had four children, and she is um, from the Philippines, so I'm a first-generation American. And my father is from Panama. And um, we, you know, grew up a very humble, humble lifestyle for, for the Johnson girls, four girls. And um, from there, my mother wanted us to have a much better experience, a much better life growing up. So she transferred to Miami, Florida. Now, I'll tell you this, Poppy Chulo, when you're a young girl growing up in the hood of New York City, you think that everything is wonderful in Florida, that the entire state is Disney World. And um, much to my dismay, at the young age moving down to Florida, we moved to 
Opelika, Florida. Mm. And are you familiar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we moved to Opelika, Florida, and um, so skip skip past Orlando, skip past Disney. Probably didn't go there for like many more years after living in Florida, and um, just started life started life there. It was it was definitely a much better speed for a single mother with four daughters. Um, so you know, we just we made our way in, in living in Miami. And um, I managed to get into the magnet program in Fort Lauderdale. So I through all through high school, I drove from Miami to Fort Lauderdale and um, went to school with a desire to be a cardiovascular surgeon. So that's Jet Setting Jasmine. She was going to be, you know, this little girl from the hood that was going to grow up and be a doctor. <clears throat> and, um, the more I learned, I was a very good student, an excellent student, actually. The more I learned about the medical field, the more I did not want to pursue hands-on medicine. I was a, you know, I was a good student. I did really well in school, but my interest in practicing direct medicine, it just faded. So it was kind of one of the best, better things that happened to me to learn at an earlier age that really what I didn't want to do. Um, so I went off to college. I went off to Slippery Rock University in Pennsylvania. It was as far as I could get away from my family at the time. And um, I went there with the plans of being a teacher. It was um, a well-known school for producing great educators. And um, things didn't quite work out financially. So I wind up coming back home to Florida, Florida State University, actually, um, where I had scholarships in Florida. So I um, went on to pursue, again, a teaching education um, at Florida State University, and I chose FSU because it was the furthest away from my family in Miami, at least the furthest school north. Um, and I studied there. I was in, uh, I think I ended up like becoming a communications major. It was kind of all a blur, leaving Pennsylvania, coming down to Florida, back to Florida. And within that first year of college at Florida State, I got pregnant. And um, that quickly changed things. It forced me to move a little a little faster and graduate a little sooner. And it actually led me to um, taking on a major in sociology. So I graduated from Florida State with a major in sociology and a minor in African-American studies. So that was the beginning. That was... Um, the making of a woman I'll tell you that much <laughs> I believe it so how did you go from sociology and a minor mm -hmm. in African-American studies into this realm of sex and uh, being a certified sex bird and doing all of these sex ed workshops and things of mm -hmm. that nature where did uh, the uh, interest in sex and sexuality where did the interest get peaked from mm -hmm. Well, I think it's always been there. Um, it's just it, it's just been a matter of allowing myself the the opportunity to explore and to really use utilize my gift. Um, I can remember as a teenager, it, uh, yeah, I guess probably in high school, being known as a dick tease. That was my nickname given to me by several horny young boys. Um, and at the time, you know, I didn't really know how to take it. I knew that I was really. I would be excited to to turn them on and to get them to do things, but I, I didn't particularly care all the time for sleeping with them. And I learned really early that there were a lot of things that men 
or young boys at the time liked about me um, without having to have intercourse. And I was getting a lot of attention uh, that other girls were not just by, you know, kind of being myself and being, you know, I was always a little flirty and I always wanted to make the boys feel uncomfortable by some of my comments and being really forward, but never feeling pressured to have sex with them or to do what everyone else is doing. So, you know, I guess it, it's just always been there. Um, through, through learning about, you know, my formal education through sociology, and I went on later and I had, got a master's in social work, and, and then later after that I have a master's in um, gerontology, which is the study of aging. Through the more formal studies, I learned a lot about um, just hang-ups, personality hang-ups, mental health disorders, how cruel people can be, how things that happen to us as children or young adults really shape our relationships with people um, as we get older. And when I say our relationships, I mean really how we interact with people in every context of the world. So those experiences, both formal and this free-spirited nature that I've always had about myself, just kind of really came to a head as I approached um, my milestone birthday, which was my 30th birthday. So I had all of this formal education and <clears throat> this desire to be able to express myself um, in a way that was, that kind of contradicted where I was. I was, you know, well-educated. I had a fantastic government job, you know, the kind of job that everybody you know, aims to have after college, very stable and traveling and presenting and, you know, just the ideal job. Um, I had two beautiful daughters, very smart, and I was in a pretty secure relationship um, at that time. And I'll backtrack a little later. We can talk about my not-so-perfect relationship. But at this time, things were really good for me. Uh, but something was missing. I wasn't I didn't have an outlet to explore things sexually. Um, I didn't have an outlet to work with other women that were, you know, kind of in the same position that I was in, a little afraid of what their kids might think if they see their toys or a little nervous about what my uh, partner at the time would think if I wanted to try something new in the bedroom. And I just decided to step out there. I realized that some of the hang-ups that I learned professionally were the things that I was experiencing in my own relationships. Um, I had a pretty tumultuous, uh, a really terrible relationship with my children's father. It was abusive. Um, it was not empowering. It was not, it was, it was nothing, you know, nothing that a girl dreams of when she thinks of her, her life partner. And I had been oppressed sexually and in a lot of, a lot of ways, physically, emotionally. Um, so I really needed this outlet, and I found through just talking through other friends and other women that I would interact with, I was ex we were all experiencing a lot of the same thing, uh, whether it had been, you know, a bad experience when they were younger through molestation, rape, abusive relationships with earlier uh, boyfriends earlier on, or lack of self-confidence for one reason or another. It was really having an effect on our as a as a woman and our relationship with uh, with our partners at the time, and also we were struggling with what kind of women were we going to become? Or were we just going to like hang up all the spice and just be like you know soccer moms and 
wait until we're in our 50s to figure this all out. So I started having girls over and having girls' nights and um, having people come over and talk to us about toys, like, you know, the pretty typical Tupperware, uh, Tupperware of toy parties. Mm-hmm. Um, and those were, they were fun, but what I did find is that I was taking over. Uh, so we would have, like, you know, this woman come out and, and talk to us about toys and, like, midway through the party, I'm, like, standing up and, and giving different ideas of how one would use this and... Um, and at the end of these parties, I would find that my girlfriends were coming to me and they were asking, like, you know, what do you think about this? And um, you said something during the party, and I really want to know if you think, you know, that my issue is connected to this, and this is why I never have an orgasm. And so I'm like, wait a minute. This is pure social work. This is everything. This is sociology. This is everything that I learned about, but it, it I get to have a little fun with it. Um and then it, it also helped that I was watching these women make money hand over fist with these toys. And I'm like, wait a minute, I have all of the advice, but this lady's making all the money. This isn't going to work. Um, so I decided to start my own company, which is, you know, the birth of Jet Setting Jasmine. Where did the name Jet Setting Jasmine come from? <laughs> um, actually, it was given to me. I was on a, a radio show at the time called The Emotion Picture. And every week I was calling in from a different city because I started getting hired to do these parties. Um, I started to incorporate the pole and um, some fetish work. So every time I dialed into the show, it was a weekly show, a weekly radio show, I was in a different city. And my co-host, Victoria, says, you know, oh, it's Jess Eddie Jasmine. What city are you calling from this week? And it just stuck. So um, my company is completely mobile. And, you know, we've traveled internationally, bringing something sexy everywhere we go. And sometimes, you know, just doing the hard work of helping people work through their challenges, their hang-ups, um, you know, past, past traumas. Um, sometimes the work is not as fun, but it's always fulfilling. Can you share with our listeners exactly what goes on, what goes into these fantasy flight parties? Absolutely. So the fantasy flight parties, I think the most important thing is that in order to empower our guests and our, you know, the, the um, host of the party, so to speak, or the couple, or whoever it is, sometimes we have solo fantasy flight parties, which are more like fetish training sessions. It's their fantasy. So we, we help them craft, you know, an experience that they've been looking um, looking to to have or, or they may even be just interested in kind of, t- you know, putting a toe in the water. Um, we craft that. So a lot of times women will call and they'll say, you know, it's a group of, you know, a group of me and my friends and um, I'm about to reach, you know, my 40th or 50th birthday and I've always wanted to learn more about um, bondage. That seems to be pretty popular right now. And, you know, we get a little bit of information about the personality of the group that, you know, we'll be interacting with, the age range, do they have children, are most of them married, um, kind of, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, what are their conversations like about sex. And we develop uh, an event, an evening to totally support that fantasy. So we may bring, um, like, for example, this October we have an event coming in. A lot of the women want to learn more about bondage, so we'll bring one of our team members that will help them learn how to tie knots 
or um, work with rope and do some shibari or um, some of our, our members just want to learn or members, some of our clients want to learn how to rekindle romance in their relationship again. So we'll do co-ed events um, or we'll, you know, stage out some role play. We'll give our clients a really safe space to try dirty talk or pole dancing or chair dancing. So that way when they are home and, you know, they're introducing something new with their partner, they have that confidence already built in because they've had a chance to try it in a safe space. So I think that's probably the best way I can explain it because no one fantasy, no two fantasy flight parties are the same. Each one is completely unique to the individual that books us. I believe it. So you mentioned a couple of the themes. Uh, are there any themes that you haven't uh, tried yet uh, in a party setting that you're looking forward to, uh, you know, doing a course in? Um, let's see. Ooh, that's a good question. I think right now, um, one of the scenes that I am becoming more and more interested in is uh, some group live shows. Um, so King and I, and um, you've had the pleasure of talking with King Noir, my business partner. Yes, which we will be discussing him in just a moment. Okay, so I'll, I'll save some of the background on that. But, you know, we've done some live shows for smaller, smaller groups, um, couples and clients. And I am really looking forward to... Um, performing our live sex shows for a larger group, a larger audience. And that's something that we offer. So, you know, if you're listening and you're looking forward to bringing some amazing live um, entertainment, call me because this is my fantasy. <laughs> there you go. So since you mentioned King Noir and uh, we had him on the station earlier this summer in a one-on-one -on -one interview and he obviously mentioned you and what you guys are doing together. Can you fill the listeners in on how you connected with King Noir? Yes. So the show that I was talking about earlier, the emotion picture, um, we were looking for a guest. We wanted to talk about behind the scene of porn. We wanted to actually talk about the porn star, not the type of porn you watch and, you know, we wanted to hear from somebody who was actually in the lifestyle and talk a little bit about if they're able to, um, you know, carry on a typical lifestyle. Like, what happens when the, when the camera is off? You know, what is your life like as a porn star? So my co-hosts, um, Victorious and Shastamuai, they knew King through his, um, through his music. He also, you know, is a musician. That goes by Hassan Salam. So we had him in Cinnamon Love, who's also a um, renowned porn actress, on the show. And he and I, you know, we, I interviewed him, and it was a great interview. And I think from that, that was my first time interacting with someone who was in the adult inter entertainment industry and learning a little bit more um, outside of, you know, when they're off the camera. And I was just so fascinated by the type of work that he was into, um, as well as the type of work that he does with human rights and working with um, working with different organizations and building schools and I mean he just has such a phenomenal background and I really connected with that because outside of adult entertainment which is I mean I'm always looking for ways to help empower 
not just women, but people in every aspect, not just sexually, but, you know, um, in any possible way that a person can be liberated and, and be more of themselves, I am totally for. And I connected, that, that definitely came through with him as well. So I'm trying to remember, I think uh, after, the, after the show, when I talked to him, I'd never seen him before. You know, we are just going off a telephone interview. And when the show aired, the producer put, like, you know, a picture collage together of the guest. And it was, you know, at that moment, I saw his picture. And I said, oh, my God, this man is gorgeous. He is he's just a, a beautiful man. Um, so I looked at some of his videos, and uh, we, he followed up after. We thanked each other for being on the show. And I said, you know what, I'm, I'm currently working in adult entertainment, and it would be wonderful to have the male perspective um, at some of these parties because, Papa Julie, you probably know this, as women will get together and we will talk about what men like, what men don't like, what they do, what they shouldn't do, and, you know, we will have it all figured out, but we will never ask a man. <laughs> so my events were like that. You know, we were giving each other advice about men without having consulted with one. And um, mm -hmm. I wanted to do something different. And the company at the time that I was working for, which shall remain nameless, had um, forbid any men to be a part of these parties. And, you know, that that wasn't cool for a lot of reasons. One, because a lot of the women were married and, you know, really wanted to share experiences like this with their partners. Um, and then uh, and many of the women were straight and wanted to, you know, learn more about either pleasing a man or being pleased by one. So th this was also one of the reasons why I broke off and um, decided to do my own, you know, have my own complete structure and, and freedom um, and include King. So we decided to partner. We met in Washington, D.C., and um, the whole goal was for me to pick his brain. And I had, like, folders of questions that I wanted to ask him about um, the kind of work that he does. And he was supposed to give me an erotic touch massage so I could see what, his, what my clients would experience if um, we decided to work together. So I'll tell you, we never opened up a book. Um, we, never, we never discussed any of the products because after my erotic touch massage, I was just like, that's it. We got to work together. Every woman that I know deserves to have this experience. Um, it was it was wonderful. So we from that from that point forward, um, I never did. Well, I mean, I guess I did, but my we we worked together. We we never did an event without con consulting with one another and um, figuring out how to take the business forward. And so we've been successful ever since. Very cool. Awesome. So, how involved is he in the events? Like, uh, do, are you would you consider him to be like a co-host with you with the event? Like, how how involved uh, is he in the event? And, and what's the breakdown of a typical event? Not necessarily okay. going into what the theme is, because I'm sure, as you mentioned, you know, the theme sort of changes from event to event. But typically, you know, what's the length of the event? You know. Uh, yeah. Sort of like, a, I guess, a general outline for those that are tuning in that are like, you know, these events sound interesting, but what exactly is it? You know, do I do I get involved? You know, uh, am I a part of the demo or am I just watching? Like that kind of thing. Right. 
So I'll, I'll say um, a typical event. So this would be like, you know, on a scale of 1 to 6, uh, uh, excuse me, scale of 1 to 10, this will be a 5. Um, the, the event, yes, we are both, we share kind of like an equal amount of engagement with the participants. And again, that does, it, it is totally based on their fantasy. There have been events that I've done alone because um, they just, you know, maybe weren't comfortable with having a male present or um, he wasn't available at the time. And the same with him. He's done events alone as well because they weren't comfortable with having a woman present. They, you know, just wanted some male eye candy and his, um, you know, wonderful hands-on. So we, you know, we definitely do things separate. We always consult, make sure that, you know, our brand is being represented in a way um, that is unique and and you'll never get anything like it with um, anyone else. But when we work together, which is typically the case, um, we you know come in, we introduce ourselves, we give, we let our guests know our background. Um, it's really important that they know not only just our professional background, but also you know that I'm a mom and you know I I work and I get tired just like they do, um, and you know that he has um, a, another side or another you know career about himself because I think it's important for people they to make that connection, um, that even though, you know, you have your regular duties, you can still turn on the sexy, um, and it's, you know, you don't have to be ashamed of that, or you don't have to live this very uh, linear lifestyle that you can, you know, have the full experience of being an adult man or woman. So, you know, we give our introductions. King usually sets up his massage table in a private area, um, so that way throughout the event, if uh, the participants would like to try an erotic touch massage. He's available throughout the entire night. And we have some people that love, they want to get touched, they take off all their clothes, they go back there, they pick any of his wonderful massages, anything from Sunday where he turns them into a Sunday with like whipped cream and chocolate and strawberries to shades of gray where you can hear like the paddle going off in there. Um, and some people go back there, they just want to learn. They just want to want to give a better massage or be more attentive physically to their partner. And so he spends a little private time with them back there. Um, while I'm in the front, I'm usually doing some icebreakers, activities, some games, um, helping f- figure out who's in the room. Do we have some doms in the room? Do we have more submissives in the more submissive participants in the room? Uh, and just helping them work through the persona for the evening. I spend a lot of time while um, in the the beginning portion, actually we do if he's not back there with someone, is helping people kind of think outside of their regular bedroom persona because nine times out of ten they're coming there because they want help getting out of their shell Um, or they they want help, you know, just practicing what this persona is like or working with a different, uh, working with a different attitude towards sex, sensuality, sexuality. So we do games. Um, A lot of times, more often now, especially with the Shades of Grey kind of movement that's happening, um, that's going more mainstream, we get to walk people through some very fundamental aspects of bondage. Mm -hmm. Um, We make it really fun for people to try new things, but at the same time learn. I will tell you, Papa Chula, that there are so many misinformed individuals when it comes to things like bondage and restraints and dom and sub. 
and um, we just do a quick study on how to be safe in that arena and um, how to test the waters without, you know, putting anyone in any type of danger emotionally or physically. So um, we have a good time with the guests. We do aphrodisiac taste testing and um, really we judge how the how the group is feeling. Sometimes they get a little intimidated. King is a really beautiful man with a deep voice and sometimes he has to kind of warm warm them warm the crowd up. And then other times um when I have the poll out, I the women can get a little bit intimidated by um by my ability to pole dance. And I'm pretty I'm okay. I'm not I'm not, you know, KOD status, <laughs> but <laughs> you know. Uh, Shout out I, to the King of I'm Diamonds. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. That that um so we really work with the feel of the group to make sure that everyone is feeling welcomed and um, and not like, oh, they're the professionals. They're going to just, of course, they can do it. Um, we want to make sure everybody feels like they can do anything that we're introducing them to at one level or another. Uh, so that's kind of, you know, the basics of the party. Oftentimes, we get into some pretty deep discussions. We do an anonymous question and answer. Um, so we let we let people put, like, you know, their names on a card or they email or text in a question to, you know, um, one of our anonymous numbers. And we get to the root of some pretty interesting, interesting hang-ups sexually or some um, things, you know, a, a lot of women at these parties want to know about how to introduce a threesome into their relationship or um, what, how do you how do you even approach like girl on girl action so they're I mean and they, they wind up shocking each other because more than one person is interested in the same thing so they learn a lot about one another King and I really just facilitate what's already there the energy that's in the room we just help bring it to the surface and, and, and help them have a good time we do live demos, not all, and when I say live demos, not, not um, speaking about sex, that's not always the case. More times than not, it is not the case. Um, but we do demos of how to work with wax and how to give a good massage. Um, we do swing, the swing, and different types of sex furniture, whatever, you know, is available and that they, that they um, have requested of us. And then we allow the participants to either work with us or work with one another. So that would be the very basic bare bones of a fantasy flight party. And for those that are listening and their interest is certainly uh, stirring up, you know, after hearing all of that, uh, <laughs> how much does it cost to attend one of these events? How long does the event last and how often are these events held? Okay. Um, so, a basic um, fantasy flight party, like I described, I think our base fee right now this season is fifteen hundred, and um, depending on when and how far out you book, uh, because we travel, so we do have to kind of factor that in. So um, if you're saving your saving your beans when you get to about a thousand, give me a call. Um, <laughs> we do we work with our clients, you know, putting down a deposit and saving up for a very special event. We normally don't have a time limit. We it's important to us that our guests are getting a quality experience. And just like sex, you shouldn't rush it, right? So, exactly. <laughs> we, um, you know, you, you pay a, a, a decent amount of money to warm your guests 
up and to make sure that everyone has a full experience and sometimes you know some groups it takes a little a little longer than others some have more questions um sometimes they're like you know 15 women that want to get a massage so you know we don't rush the experience at all and um we are in business all year long so we're pretty much booked um anywhere from like three four months out and um, we just take the business as it comes. If we're available and um, we're able to travel to your area, then, you know, that's how often they occur. I would say we book these events probably like two per month. And um, every now and again, we'll do larger showcases like we're doing one in Miami this fall, which is um, more open to the public where we're hosting it instead of it being a private, um, a private engagement. As you've been doing these events, what would you say the typical clientele is? Mm. Um, women age 30 to about 55. That is um, our, our average demographic. And um, we do a lot of, we also have a lot of private fetish training clients, and um, as well as private massage, erotic touch mas- massage clients. And um, those the fetish training clients tend to be actually a little bit younger, um, somewhere between 25 and 35. So that is the range. And would you say it's primarily women of color? Is there a sort of mix of races in the crowd? There's a there's a pretty good mix. Um, I think with our fantasy flight parties, uh, we are we see mostly women of color. A lot of our networks, I mean are people you know people of color to begin with so i think our party started out you know with me hosting a friend of mine's bachelorette party um and then her friend you know that kind of word of mouth that is generally how we get the word out about our parties um but that is certainly starting to diversify as well as we're starting to see more gay and lesbian um interest in our services and we're really excited about it because um, even for, especially with women of color, it's exciting for us to have a forum and a space and a service provided to us um, that is normally like things like bondage and, you know, sexuality, we're not encouraged to talk about or to explore. Um, so I think we kind of have a later start with these things. And, and then even for me, like when I through my first passion party, um, you know, it was a, wh- a white woman that came and she hosted the party and she was, you know, seemingly a little off, uh, feeling a little, um, I, I don't know, she was kind of shocked at how much we needed to know about these things or how much my friends like turned up their nose to masturbation which you know for me it was no big deal but some of my friends are really like you know like we don't do that um so we may be late bloomers in this area or our comfort level may not be as um you know as relaxed as others and and the same for my latina clients so um it's been really exciting to help some of um some of our sisters and brothers you know Get, have an opportunity to explore and express themselves in, in this area in a really safe space. No judgment zone at any of our fantasy flights. 
So moving away slightly from the parties and focusing a little bit on you, I'm kind of curious to ask, as a woman who is in this world of sex and sexuality and having these uh, phenomenal parties from, from, you know, at least what I'm gathering and, and what you're saying, you know, these really interesting, almost seminars and sex, sexuality, fetishes and whatnot, uh, what is uh, Jet Setting Jasmine's dating situation? Do you oh, date? Do you, you know, do you search for romance? You know, how do you balance a relationship or an attempt at a relationship with what you're doing? Especially since I'm going to assume that if you're doing a live uh, sex demo, that it's you and King Noir. So... What goes on when Jet Sitting Jasmine puts down the leather and uh, is, is going to have a regular night in with a potential bow? Great question. You know, things have been going by so quickly with, um, with the business. And um, I've also opened up a fitness studio. King and I opened up a fitness studio as well as um, a fitness format that travels. So all things aside, regardless if I was, you know, a bank teller or a porn star, having the time for a traditional or even a non-traditional relationship has really been a challenge. Um, so I have to say that I am open to dating. I have gone on dates. I've even, you know, I've been, um, I'm in what one would call an open relationship. And I don't think that much of it has to do with the type of work that I do as much as it has to do with the time I have to commit to a relationship. And so I'm working really hard on balance, actually, more so this year than, than any other year. Now that things are starting to, um, really with my fitness studio, are starting to settle in, I'm starting to have a little bit more time to entertain some of those dates. Um, and a lot of the men that I meet are very, very, um, very much aware of the work that I do. I mean, I, that's always like the first thing. It's like, I have kids and I do porn. So, you know, like if that, <laughs> if either one of those or both of those together are off-putting to you, then, you know, you probably look elsewhere. Um, and then I also have some, you know, potential suitors that I've, I've known long before any of, any of this stuff. And I think, you know, those guys, if they get my core, um, and they know that I'm, you know, a hardworking woman, an honest woman, um, then we could do well together. I guess the challenge is, is just really me having the time. So, um, you know, I'm working on that. But now the other thing is I've met some, some really nice guys who are waiting for me to settle down, and that's kind of the words that they use, and that's really off-putting to me. Um, they think that this is a phase. That, um, <laughs> and they're waiting, and they reappear. They're going to be waiting you know, a long time. Yeah, this they is are. not a phase. No, it's who I am. It's who I am. Um, or, you know, I'll tell them that I have a primary partner who, um, you know, is very respectful of, of my work. And we, you know, every chance that I can, that I get to do something, you know, romantic or very exclusive. Um, and, and he's very okay with the work that I do. Um, but, but still open, you know, he sees other people and I see other people. 
whenever I can. Uh, they don't, you know, some guys, they're not okay with that. They say things like, um, well, you know, I'll, in so many words, I'll, I'll take you from him or, you know, you'll put this business down and I'll take care of you. And those are really, those are like the worst words that, that one can say to me because it doesn't respect who I am. It doesn't respect my lifestyle. Um, and it's suggesting that something's wrong. It's just a matter of time before they make it right. And um, I don't feel that way. So, in the meantime, I'm entertaining, you know, dinner, theater, any of the, you know, fun, glitzy stuff. I like getting dressed up and going out and just enjoying the company for what it's worth, not necessarily um, being worried about if it goes on, you know, for on and on and on or if we get any closer than a dinner date. I like that answer. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. So, besides these amazing parties and uh, these fantastic events that you are creating and taking part in, you also you also host an internet radio show, which uh, is phenomenal. Listeners, you definitely have to check it out and tune in. Can you tell the listeners a bit about what brought on this interest in hosting? a radio show, an internet radio show, and uh, a bit about the genesis of the Mile High Club. Absolutely. So, um, as I mentioned before, being on the Emotion Picture, which was a relationship-based um, radio show, really about relationship issues, um, I was on that show because they needed a, it was supposed to be like a one-time show. And um, they needed a female personality. And I guess whoever they had in mind, like, bailed or, you know, was not available. And so I was just, like, you know, second runner-up or something. Not even. I was just available. <laughs> and um, Victorious called me and he said, hey, do you want to be on a radio show? And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I always, you know, I always wanted to do radio and I thought it would be so cool. And, um, you know, just tell me what I have to do and you know, I'll be on, and I, I was on that one one time, and it got a really good response, and so whoever the other person was supposed to be on, like, you know, forget her, I, I became the it girl, <laughs> and um, that show, it ran its course for about three years, and um, King and I started to, uh, he started to be a frequent guest on the show, and people started to really sh want you know, to know more about what, what it is that we do. And they were having a real hard time wrapping their heads around, like, this man and this woman that go around and they throw these kinky parties. And so we thought, like, you know, wouldn't it be good if we kind of broadcasted what we, what we did and gave, our, gave listeners just a little bit of taste of, um, some of the some of the topics that we're running into, some of the frequently asked questions, frequently asked topics that we were encountering during these fantasy flights. And so we started with a half an hour show that followed the emotion picture. So it would be like a relationship show and then a sex show. Um, and it, again, it, it did really well. And we started to get more and more bookings from people listening to us really just talk about um, things that we were experiencing on the road with these parties. Um, and then we started to get the interest of like adult entertainers um, that wanted to have an opportunity to talk about their fantasies. So, you know, we interviewed like Sativa Rose and come to find out like she wants to totally be dominated. And um, we talked to 
uh, Lethal Lips, who shared with us her fantasy of of having a gangbang, and I mean, it was just like really, really um, fun, fun stuff. A, a chance for us to talk about our fantasies and our experiences, and um, it's been doing well. So we we just continue. There's so much to talk about, uh, and the feedback we get about normalizing people's experiences uh, has been phenomenal. I mean, things folks won't post, you know, but they will send us a uh, an inbox message or an email saying that, you know, I, I let my husband listen to this show and, you know, I kind of blamed all of everything on you guys for why I'm interested in having a threesome or why I'm interested in perhaps pursuing a swinger's lifestyle. And it helped us have a conversation that we would not have had prior to. So that's been so rewarding, so rewarding. I believe it. It must be nice to know that you're affecting people's lives in a very positive way and also reassuring them that the feelings that they may have are completely natural and uh, that some of those feelings, you know, it's perfectly normal to want to explore them. Absolutely. And that's the true essence, again, of, of my professional background, you know, as a social worker, as a gerontologist, it's normalizing the the experiences um that we have as you know as young adults as you know, older adults um you know being able to explore ourselves in a variety of different ways and being empowered to you know to have those experiences in a safe way in a non-judgmental way so um just you know being able to have fun with my profession is something that I would have never uh, yeah, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be happier about. It. I was happy in my, you know, my regular kind of day-to-day type of work doing therapy, but this is um, you know, this just kind of opens up the door to so many so many other areas of improving people's quality of life. Absolutely. And all of these ventures have sort of led you into uh, being a part of uh, one of the newest talent agencies in the adult industry, which is the V Agency. You're one of their fetish models and adult entertainers. How did you make the connection with the V Agency? Oh, wow. Um, and with the V what, Agency, it's that's how you launched Royal Fetish Films, correct? Well, they are kind of working parallel with one, of an, with one another. Um, Royal Fetish Films is owned by King and I. And, um, and, and I'll tell you a little bit more about Royal Fetish Films apart from the v, v Agency. But since you are so charming and I just adore you, I'm going to tell you the real story with the V Agency, okay? So here's the exclusive. I can't wait. <laughs> and I adore you too, Jet Setting Jasmine. <laughs> I am like cracking up laughing at this story. The V Agency, okay, so I am in a sorority. I won't say what it is on the air. But if anybody wants to know and, and, you know, just inbox me, I'll tell you. I just don't, I, I, I'll, I'll let my sorority sisters have a, a moment without, you know, being blasted, right? I am in a sorority. One of my sorority sisters sends me a message and she's like, I have to talk to you. Younger sorority, much, much younger. She calls me and she goes, hey, I saw your website, you know, I know that you're into this whole sex thing and I think you need to meet my dad. And I'm like, gross. <laughs> Okay, like thinking like, do your parents want to throw a party or something? So I'm like, <laughs> you know, tell me the context of this because this is weird. And she's like, 
a lot of people don't know this, but my dad is um, Phil Verone. He is the drummer from Skid Row. And he just got, you know, a whole line of sex toys with Cal Exotics. And I think you guys need to work with one another. And I'm like, really? Okay, cool. You know, put me in contact with him. You know, so I'm looking at pictures. Oh, yeah, that's kind of hot. I remember him from Skid Row. <laughs> and I, so we just, you know, we, we decided from that very moment that whatever happens from that point forward, everything, you know, it was all good. It was, you know, business and but our relationship as sorority sisters has its own covet. So, you know, I meet Silverone, and we're both in, totally into, you know, I'm so excited about his line. I think that his transition from music into the adult industry is awesome, and it really complements, you know, what King does. And he's starting to do these um, these theories of swinging, and it's called Swinging in America, mm-hmm. where he's following, you know, it's kind of like a reality show of swingers. And he goes, you know, so we're swapping stories of what we do. And he's like, why don't we do one of these swinging in America, um, American swing episodes in Tampa? So I'm like, okay. And I had never been on film at this time. I've never done, you know, porn on camera or anything like that. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not really sure if I'm going to, if I'm going to do this on camera or not, you know, so can I just be sending jasmine can i just facilitate the party like i normally would he's like yeah that's the whole point is you know to be who you are and do this party for swingers and we capture it on on film and you know see what happens so he did king and i did our um our party it's called swinging in america in tampa and it was a it was great i had such a good time i had the best experience um working with with the the couples that were there and some of the the singles as well and I had my team out there and um, it was an amazing night and uh, so Phil and I kept in contact and as you know things have moved forward with both of our our ventures we agreed that we would you know stay in contact and continue to work with each other in some capacity Um, and then came the birth of the V agency so um, of course King and I were interested very supportive and um, the awesome thing about the B agency is that Phil is, it's very important to him to have a small group of talent that he can manage well and he can manage in a way that the talent is comfortable with. Uh-huh. So for me, I am not, um, and you can see my profile on there, it's um, not, you know, typical porn. For me, my interest is in fetish. Um, my interest is um, always being dominant um at this time i am not interested in penetration film with you know just strangers um or other models and and talent i would like to stay in a lane that i'm comfortable with and that i'm good at and he's very respectful of that and you know gears our work and our bookings accordingly so um that's the v agency it's a really great group of talented individuals and the management is wonderful, and it's really nice that I have um, a great connection with the family. <laughs> so Absolutely. Most people have no idea, but it was um, his amazing daughter that saw, you know, two totally unconnected people that could do wonderful things together, and we have thus far. 
Very nice. Okay, so through the V Agency and through also your connection with King Noir, that's where the film aspect of your career came about. So can you share with the listeners a bit about uh, what type of productions you plan on putting out? Yes. So right now we have um, quite a, a, a number of teasers available so on our site on um, com under Royal Fetish Films. You'll see some of our preliminary work. Uh, and I think the thing that one sets us apart um, right now, the kind of production that we're, there's, there's a lot of stuff in store. It's kind of like twofold. So King is very, very focused on the artistic aspect of, um, of adult entertainment, really having a good storyline, um, really focusing on the sensuality of adult entertainment. So making sure that the talent has um, great chemistry with one another and making sure that, you know, there's more for the viewer to take from it than just the kind of primal carnal aspect of sex. And then the other aspect of Royal Fetish Films, and this is the area that that I'm really passionate about, is developing uh, productions that are exactly, that are customized to the viewer. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the things that you see right now on on Royal Fetish Film, it's because one of our clients has specifically asked for that. Oh, okay. And, yeah, so, I mean, the neat thing is, so, you know, if you said, I really want to see, you know, Jasmine in fishnets, you know, overlooking the water on a balcony, and, you know, King comes and, you know, just gives her the business, um, then, then we create that. And then, then the nice thing is that we get to share it with everyone um, thereafter. We also have, um, so sometimes people will say like, you know, I saw um, one of your one of your videos and like the camera, like you could hear the camera man or lady breathing and, and almost shaking at different parts. <laughs> but the, the back story is the person who was filming it, tend, well, at least the one I'm talking about, was a client. And she was directing what she wanted to see and having the experience of filming it live. Um, so that was actually a part of her fantasy. And um, so it's, you know, it's really a raw, customized experience that you're seeing. So Royal Fetish Films has, um, you know, it's in its, it's, in its development stage, uh, but there's going to be two aspects of it. One is a more polished, um, finished se- sensuality aspect. Um, and then the other piece is totally customized, totally raw. Um, people's people interested in being uh, or getting in touch with their exhibitionism, and us developing what that scene is going to look like, and allow and a lot of times us taping their session, and then them saying like, "Yeah, I, I would love to share that with the world. I want to be a part of what you guys are doing." And um, you'll see some of that as well on the video. Sounds exciting! Very awesome. Some of these things that come up, I'm like, oh my god! Like, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. So, it. so we are, you know, we keep our other talent, you know, we keep our our um, avenues open for other people that are interested in in fetish work, um, because some things I, I just have to turn down. Well, there you go. <laughs> Can you share with the listeners now uh, about upcoming events that uh, you will be attending, that you will be holding in the near future? Yes. Um, let's see. Wow, there's so much going on. Okay, so um, 
this weekend, actually August the 8th, I am going to be in Washington, D.C. I am doing um, a fetish a fetish session there, but I'm um, available for other bookings. And I won't say who my client is, but um, she is looking forward to some transfer of power. So she is a very, very powerful business owner up in the D.C. area that um, spends a lot of time bossing people around. So she is looking forward to reversing those roles and um, getting having an opportunity to be submissive to me. So I am looking forward to that. Shout so out to Oprah. In- yeah. No, <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not Oprah. Um, but so that that's coming up in August. I'll be in the D.C. area. And then August 13th through 16th in St. Petersburg, Florida, King and I will be exhibitionists at the FETCON, Fetish Convention. It's, nice. Um, yes, one of the um, nation's largest fetish conventions. And You get to meet we'll and be- play with the fans. Yes, yes, yes. We are we're going to have a... Um, a wheel of fortune or a wheel of torture. I'm not. I'm, we have to come up with the name. But, wheel of um, excitement. Be, yeah. Okay. I like that. <laughs> the wheel of excitement, allowing um, our fans and and those folks that are going to be at FetCon to have some hands-on experience with us. Um, we're also going to be having two of our lovely subs um, from across the country come down and and be a part of our exhibition. So that should be fun. And then um, we are gearing up. October, oh, let me think, October 17th, we are having the Naturotica uh, Fantasy Flight with Narissa of um, Naturotica. She is also a powerhouse in the world of sensuality, sexual and wellness and health, as well as um, amazing model and former Playboy model. And so we are um, excited to be hosting this event um, together. This is our second, our second event with her, the first one was in New York, King and, and, and Narissa um, did a, a semi-fantasy fight, but now we are going balls to the wall in Miami. We are having a um, live bondage show with our team members, Sir Nadi and Pandora. So our members are going to get to see um, live bondage and be able to talk to Pandora as she is having this experience with her dom. Um, Yoni popping workshop, which Narissa is famous for, as well as erotic touch massages and demonstrations um, by King Noir. I will be doing a steel and stilettos fitness workshop. And um, it's just everything. I mean, we are just pulling out all the tricks that weekend. So um, October 17th, if you're interested, if you're going to be in the Miami area or would like to spend a weekend in Miami, contact us and we will help you get all set up with tickets. We have like very limited spaces, I think something like 50 50 spots, so it'll be really intimate. And probably you're my my personal guest for that. I'm excited already. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I think those are our main... um, Set in stone, a lot of a lot of private bookings and steel and stiletto workshops throughout the country. I think I'm in Boston. I'm sorry, I should have been better prepared. But the Naturotica on October 17th is the one that's open to the public. So I wanted to make sure I invited all of your listeners to that. Fantastic. Now, those that are tuning in that might be curious to get to know a whole lot more about what you're doing and who you are, where can they find you on the web, all of the social media sites, all of the goodies? So um, as of August 
first, we'll have our um, we had our web launch, so getsettingjasmine.com, and from there you can find a world of fun. You just walk right into our world, where we are, uh, where we've been, and where we're going. And of course, on Twitter, I'm getsetjasmine, and of course, follow King Noir. And on Instagram, Jet Setting Jasmine. And on Facebook, also, Jet Setting Jasmine and King Noir. Just Google us. We're, we're all over. We're all over. All that kinky stuff. Just don't do it at work. <laughs> exactly. Because that's where you'll get in trouble. Exactly. We can't, we can't take you in. So, you know, it's really important that you are very, very careful when you open our page. This does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you would like to say to the fans and supporters and hopefully brand new supporters and fans that are tuning in right now? Well, I'd just like to say, please do, a, do yourself a favor and whether it's pat your back or wiggle your clit or whatever, whatever you have to do, celebrate the fact that you are in a you know, very small percentage of people that take the time to explore a part of yourself a part that's a part of all of us that needs to be cultivated like everything else, your sensuality, your sexuality, and just congratulate yourself for being one of um, a select few that I consider to be just a little cut above the rest. Continue listening to Poppy Chulo, nothing but good stuff on here, and um, hope to see and meet you soon. Absolutely. I can't wait. I adore Jet Setting Jasmine, so listeners, definitely reach out to her, follow her, check out everything that she's doing. Jasmine, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview, and like I've said to you before, this is the first of hopefully many interviews here on the station with you because uh, an hour isn't enough. Like, there's so much more that I want to ask, so certainly maybe within the next few months we'll have you back on, we'll catch up, and uh, I'll get the chance to pick your brain a little bit more on all things. Things, sex, sexuality, and fetish. Thank you. Same here. This went by too fast for me, too. I agree. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning in to In Bed with Poppy Chulo. Tune in for brand new episodes of In Bed with Poppy Chulo every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. You can download this episode and many more by visiting poppychuloradio.com forward slash archives. Registered users will gain access to the Poppy Chulo Radio archives of previously aired broadcasts. Jet Setting Jasmine and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night. Thanks for listening to In Bed with Bobby Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com or leave us a voicemail at 305-515-8620. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio and like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular female performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.